0: coming, Master. Where is he? Kenobi is all that matters now. Is that understood? What have you become? I am what you made me. Now you will suffer, Obi-Wan. Your pain just begun. Now, where would you say you're from again? Tall. Oh, good people now, Tall. They pay their way, listen to the Empire. Yeah, absolutely. We love the Empire. Nice to meet like-minded folk. Nothing wrong with a little order, right? Where are you all coming from? They're moving us around, looking for a Jedi. A Jedi? Out here? I hope we're not in any danger. Is it scary? Having to pretend? Yeah, sometimes. But it's worth it if I can help people. Why do you do this? Risk everything? I joined up when the Empire stood for something. By the time I realized what they really were, it was too late. I made some mistakes. We all did. We all did. Hey Conspiracy Kyle here. This episode is titled Obi-Wan Number 333. Three. Three. This episode will discuss the third episode in the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series. This episode delivered on the promise of a Vader and Kenobi showdown, which has the internet divided into camps about whether it was awesome or terrible. This us versus them mentality isn't surprising, given just how insane some Star Wars fans truly are. One of the most controversial elements of this episode to me was the Darth Vader voice itself. Now, James Earl Jones was given a voice credit in this episode, but something sounded different than just him recording Vader dialogue. The guy is 91 years old, remember? Now, if you look through the ending credits, you will see what really caused the voice that you hear in the episode. There's a special credit given to ReSpeecher. Now, if you aren't familiar with this app called ReSpeecher, it's an app that can translate any speech dictated into the voice of an actor, celebrity, you name it. The sky is the limit for this technology. So, obviously what they did here is use prior clips of James Earl Jones' Vader and created some kind of algorithm to clone his voice and spit out new dialogue that sounds like 1980s-era Vader. While this is pretty cool, there was always the future-use question about these types of products. We've talked about it before in regards to the Mandalorian and Boba Fett series, where they used the visual recreation of Luke Skywalker, aka Mark Hamill, in his Return of the Jedi-era body, and they also did use the Reese Beecher app for his voice in those episodes as well. You know, you could envision a world in the future in which an entire movie could be made with deceased actors and actresses. Sounds cool but also sounds creepy. That's a step towards a future AI transhumanistic world where everything is fake and nothing is real. Is real. Is real. Is real. This episode also gives us a real dark look at who Darth Vader really is. He's seen walking through a town and pulling a father out of a window and force choking him to death. While the father's son runs out to try to help, Vader just callously snaps his neck. The brutality in the scene is pretty horrifying, but it's probably on par with the character. Now I think back to a prior podcast episode I did a while ago called Celebrating Evil, in which I talked about the worship around characters like Vader and horror slashers like Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and Jason Voorhees. All of these characters are brutal killers but they all have cool action figures targeted towards kids. This episode shows the side of Vader that should give us all pause about the inherent cool factor we superimpose on him. He's an agent of evil, a truly despicable soul. But that being said, he's not beyond redemption. As mentioned at the top, This episode gave us the Vader and Obi-Wan rematch. This battle took place in a rock quarry, a desolate place, much like the desolate location of their last battle on Mustafar. In this battle, Vader throws Obi-Wan around the entire time and ends up igniting some flammable rocks and throwing Obi-Wan directly into the fire. The homage to their prior battle is very apparent. Vader wants Obi-Wan to suffer as he has suffered. As he tells Obi-Wan, I am what you made, me. you made me. You made me. You made me. This moment is probably the start of Obi Wan's future feelings about Vader, about how he is twisted and evil. more machine than man. This is not the Anakin he knew in his prior life. This defeat at the hands of Vader goes to show that mistakes or bad decisions made in the past can have consequences many years into the future. Obi-Wan's failure to stop Anakin's fall to the dark side continues to plague him, even more so now knowing that Anakin survived and is in continual pain and torment on a daily basis. And now that pain is being manifest outwardly, Towards him, towards him, towards him, towards him. We also see in this episode two new characters with complete opposite feelings about the Empire. Frack. The driver who transports Leia and Obi-Wan to their destination is a staunch supporter of the Empire. He believes they truly brought order to the galaxy. He even remarks to some stormtroopers that if there's a Jedi around, they might be in danger. Obviously, he was radicalized by the Imperial propaganda that the Jedi were enemies of the state. In episode one of the series, we heard a relative of Bail Organa telling him that the Empire was really starting to line people's pockets and making them rich. This is an obvious ploy to get people in line. We then meet the character Tala, an Imperial officer, who is working from the inside of the Empire to help people. She helps Obi-Wan and Leia escape, and she also gives her reasoning for doing so. She states that she joined the Empire when they stood for something good, but then she saw what they really were, a totalitarian regime. And it brings up a good question. When was the Empire truly standing for something good? I would argue that it never stood for something good, but maybe virtue signaled that it was, right at the start, 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 Start. Now the dichotomy between the characters of Freck and Tala is very present in today's world. Freck symbolizes those who have gone along with the propaganda of governments and media to believe that everything they hear is true, without diving deeper into what the truth really is. These type of people play the blue team versus red team, or vice versa and they allow themselves to be polarized against groups of people that do not follow the program, like the Jedi or unvaccinated people, or heck, even Christians like myself that do not play along with the inversion of societal ideals. And then on the other hand you see Tala, someone working on the inside, someone who discerned right away that something was not right and did something about it. You can equate her to whistleblowers who risk everything to help others and get the word out about what is really going on, going on. Going on. I am interested to see where the series goes from here. My prediction about this episode was a little off. I had predicted that based on the trajectory of the hero's journey, Obi-Wan would atone with the Father, a.k.a. Qui-Gon Jinn, by communing in the Force. But that didn't happen. He did try to commune, but it didn't happen. Although, you know, in a roundabout way, you could say that Obi-Wan did have to atone with Darth Vader, as the name Vader itself is the Dutch word for Father. And Vader truly did make him pay in atone. So I'll take half credit here. So if we consider the meeting with Vader as a proxy for atonement with the Father, the next stage in the hero's journey is called apotheosis, elevation to a divine rank or state of being. Now I think this stage will align with the communication with Qui-Gon, as Obi-Wan will become more attuned with the Force, as I believe his Force abilities were muted due to his desire to stay hidden over the past 10 years. He will now almost have to unlearn what he has learned, to quote Yoda, and relearn to use the Force, also to come to terms with the past and to gain an internal peace. This will allow him to focus on his future mission and possibly have another rematch with Vader, where I predict he will be victorious, which would then Finish off the last part of stage two of the hero's journey initiation phase called the ultimate boon. Boon, boon. boon. Oh, yeah, and one more thing before I sign off. Remember that re speecher app that I mentioned previously? Interestingly enough, do you know where that technology was created? Of all places, in Kiev, Ukraine. Oh yes, that country run by a president who was previously a TV star and comedian, and there have also been claims of him using a green screen to send out messages. Yes, that country also is familiar with voice manipulation technologies as well things that make you go, hmm. May the force be with you, and God bless.